You're listening to Thrive, where every week we have meaningful conversations with incredible women like you, packed with practical tips and sisterly advice to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. We're shaking the story that you're just getting by and stepping into who God made you to be. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. I'm your host, Erica Gwynn, and I'm ready to thrive together. Here's today's episode. If you're in a season where you just feel duck, we've got good news for you today. Your purpose doesn't pause. Even when it feels like nothing is happening, God is working and your story isn't done. Author and my new friend, Hope Reagan Harris, is on Thrive today sharing her own story of finding and living her purpose through multiple career and family moves, even in those moments of thinking, what are you up to, God? You'll finish this episode feeling more confident, discerning if it's a God-shut door or a devil-laid obstacle, and less forgotten through the harder moments where you may just feel stuck in the mud. If you just can't figure out why the heck you are where you are now, take a breath. There may be reason to your season, and Hope is here to help you figure it out, or at least find peace in the process. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now, welcome, Hope. Hello, Erica. Hey, guys. <laughs> I just get so happy and excited talking to you because you are so on fire for God also, and we love to see <laughs> it. And your fire and joy are just so contagious. But also, I mean, I don't even know how much time has passed now, but we just hit record and start talking like we've been friends for years. So I'm I'm <laughs> for here sure. for this conversation. I think this is going to be a great time. I know. I think I'm going to get your cell phone at the end of this. We need to be texting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, tell before we like fly through everything already, we need to take it a step back and tell everybody yep. else who is Hope because you are so on fire. You're doing things, girl. And everybody Sweet. needs to know who you are. Yes. Okay. So I am Will's wife. I'm Remy Claire's mama. I, she's eight months old. We were just talking about our girls. And yeah. um, I also work full-time for Version, the Bible app. I used to work in the corporate world, but this is a, a new transition over the like the last three months. Um, I'm an author. And at the end of the day, I really just have a heart for encouraging women and helping them get unstuck so that they can show up and live out their purpose that doesn't pause. I love this. What I love about this so much too is we're already similar in so many ways, but also <laughs> in a way that I feel needs to be said because it's important. We are girls living with purpose and living on purpose. Yes. Uh, who, But who also know what it feels like to be stuck. And that's, 100%. I think, like, it's a very big misconception, I feel like, where people think, okay, you see girls who feel like they've got that it factor, or they're so confident, or they're doing the dang thing, and you're like, wow, they must have just had it easy, or, like, they figured it out, or they're just kind of doing it. And we miss the fact that for so many of us, probably way more than we would initially think or realize, we know what it feels like to be stuck and like maybe struggle with that routinely or regularly where you have these moments or these seasons where you're just like, oh, God, help. I'm, I'm in the mud. Like, what do I do? And I think also, though, like as believers, we can say that sometimes the enemy tries to get us in exactly that place of confusion and doubt and worry and feeling stuck in the mud so that we stop moving forward with confidence. Oh, 100%. Yeah, because like that's 
he's got some tactics. He's got some yeah. game. It's like, it's terrible. But anywho, as we know from the title of your book, which just came out into the world and it's so cool, Purpose Doesn't Pause. So talk to us about this. What does yeah. that mean? And where where did that come from and your heart for like bringing that message into the world that purpose yeah. does not pause? 100%. So it's kind of crazy. When that like phrase came to my head, I'll never forget. It was a night before I was going to have to say no to this ministry opportunity. I was super bummed. And from like the outside looking in, everyone was like, why are you not going to do this? It was going to be working for someone that's just amazing. And God was just not like making all the logistics pan out. And so for some reason, this thought came and it was like, purpose doesn't pause. And I remember I like doodled it, posted about it, and it went kind of viral. It was kind of like, whoa, people like get this. Well, long story short, um, I didn't know what my next book was going to be about. And so I started writing a book on waiting, which I guess it was funny because I was in the middle of a waiting season. I didn't have an agent representing me. And like, I was guessing people's LinkedIn, like emails from going to their LinkedIn. And like, I was getting told, no, 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 no. And so anyways, um, in the middle, you know, like you're saying, I get stuck often and I was actually even stuck today. And I think sometimes in those moments of feeling stuck, you just have to keep refining or letting the Lord refine and pivot. And so long story short, one of my good friends introduced me to her friend who was becoming an agent and we worked on refining the message. At first, it was just going to be about purpose. And then I started thinking, what causes me to question my purpose? And I was like feeling stuck and confused because I was smack dab in the middle of feeling stuck and confused. And I really had this pivotal moment when I was on a Peloton, which is random, unconventional, but God can use the unconventional to do unconventional things. And so I was just in one of these seasons where my job, my corporate job had been really my worth, who I was, where I found a lot of my purpose. I was climbing the corporate ladder. And one day I was just feeling so stuck that, you know, I couldn't even muster up the energy to work out, which as you guys know, listening, when you're overwhelmed and feeling stuck, it's like going to the coffee shop you don't even enjoy anymore or chatting with your friend. You literally just can't, can't even do anything. And so I was on this Peloton bike, not moving my legs. My husband, Will, walks in and he was like, Hope, what are you doing? You've got to move your legs. Cause like the class Kindle tool was just like talking and I'm just sitting there staring at her blankly. And he left the room, kind of cracked up, obviously in the moment did not tell him he was right. And I suddenly realized Erica, like the way that I'm sitting on this freaking bike is the way that I'm living my life. And so then that's when I kind of had this aha moment. And I remember telling my agent like this moment and she was like, hope that's it. That is how you open this book. That's how you start talking about feeling stuck and confused. And long story short, I talked to so many different girls and everyone was like, I feel stuck and confused. And so I wrote the book where you don't have to finish, like read from start to finish. You can literally pick one chapter with the topic that's causing you to feel stuck and confused, like waiting, comparison, others' opinions, not feeling worthy, something good coming to an end, dreams not looking like you pictured, read that one chapter and then read a story from another girl who's been there with us and, and put the book down and trust that the rest is there for you later. So I really wrote it from the perspective of, I know how it feels to feel stuck and confused and I want this to be as easy and fun to read as you possibly can find during this season because it is, you know, it is hard to find that when you feel stuck and confused. So that's a little bit about my my heart behind it, Erica. I love that you mentioned too, though, that sometimes we can put our worth into our work 
or like, especially, yep. I feel like a lot of us, especially if you're listening to a podcast, you're probably like podcast girlies are a different breed. We're ambitious. Like yep. you've got goals. We're going places. You're in that personal development groove. Like you care about that. And sometimes I think that God gives us the loudest pauses in our paths because we need a reminder that it is all on him and for him and not all on us or for us. And that sometimes, at least for me, like, I know if it were like, if it were up to us, we would go pedal to the metal full speed ahead (laughs) and we might not rest to like stop or recalibrate or like check our GPS metaphorically speaking to be like, okay, is this still right or not? Like without even knowing it or consciously realizing it, we can end up heading in the wrong direction because we didn't stop to pause because we were like, I've got it. I've got the idea. This is gold. I'm going with it all the way to the end. And (laughs) yeah, so it's like, it's like, or we could do what we just said, where we're like, you can start to kind of place your identity in a job title or in a relationship or in some sort of like earthly accolade that isn't necessarily in alignment with our real purpose in Christ, which, or just like whatever our purpose on earth to better the kingdom is. So I always think of that too, because every time I'm in like a similar situation of feeling stuck, I'm like, okay, like if our speed is going to be different yes. than what God's speed for us is, but he's probably just up there like laughing at us. Like, oh honey, like t- take a breath, take a breather, <laughs> yeah. slow down a notch. Like this isn't a stop for good, but like, you can't, you need that. You need the, the co-driver here. Yeah. Not, no, <laughs> I'm, just, just I'm cracking up because I literally had one of these moments this morning. So I will say being stuck is not necessarily a bad thing, y'all. Like it yeah. is not necessarily bad. So right now I'm in this season, which I was telling you a little bit before we hopped on here, but there's this purpose doesn't pause movement happening. And so long story short, I thought I wrote this book for sorority girls and God has just shown me that there is so much like it is for a sorority girl, but it is for all women who feel stuck and confused. And so right now I'm actually fundraising to give out these books for free to women who have been in sex trafficking, women who are incarcerated in prisons right now, um, moms, it, it just in corporate women, like all these nonprofits just keep coming out of the woodwork saying, hope we want this book. And so I actually had this moment this morning where I called my friend, Sarah, she's helping me with all my social media. And I was like, I am just feeling so restless, so anxious. I'm noticing that some of my friends are like, that I thought were my friends locally here are unfollowing me on Instagram. And it's just like, I feel like Satan, the enemy is just trying to really make me feel stuck here. And she was like, hope no, you know, no amount of rest can stop the plans and purpose that he has for your life. Just take a breather here. Like there's clearly something more going on behind the scenes and no joke, Erica, the reason I was a little late to our podcast was because I was on the phone with this lady who's the founder of this organization who has over 4,000 women in both prisons and moms across nationwide that need this book. And had I, you know, just kept going, I would have never even had the time to sit down and understand this. And so I now am trying to rest, allow God to keep working, but it's like you're saying, I think at times we just get so focused on the goal that we forget that there's a bigger picture and that God has unexpected things that he's working on behind the scenes that we mm-hmm. wouldn't even imagine, you know, like it, it, we, if we don't slow down, we sometimes, you know, we may shortcut it and not find out what he's doing. Okay. Well, here's, here's a question for you. Is, yeah. So you mentioned, okay, you're seeing 
the enemy's taking a taking a toll here too, where he's like throwing throwing crap at you. Your yeah. friends are leaving, whatever. There, there's I think times where a pause may be a God given pause, where God is like, "Hey, sis, slow down. Like we gotta recalibrate here." And then I think there's also the flip side of it, where maybe the enemy is trying to throw a pause in our in God's plan. Like maybe God would be saying, "Hope." keep going, keep going. You're work. you're doing the work, you're doing it. And the devil's going to start throwing things going, uh-uh, I'm going to stop you right there. Sis. Yeah. Like no more. So at least for you, how do you kind of work through discerning between the two discerning? If it is a pause that God has there for you, because there's something else that you need to learn. There's something else that you're maybe missing from whatever, or if it's something that the enemy is trying to thwart God's plan in your life and you have to kind of push past it a, a little more aggressively going like, uh-uh, yeah. not today, Satan. No, that's a really good question. So I'm going to give you two examples. The first one, my corporate career, which I talk about all throughout the book. And so literally door after door just kept getting slammed. I mean, I would, I, I would take a, a new role the same stuff would be happening, but it got worse. And then I would apply for another role, get told no. And it was just over and over again, the Lord I felt like was making it so clear, like this is a dead end hope. You have finished your assignment strong here. It doesn't mean that you weren't always supposed to be there. I truly believe when I started my corporate career, that is where the Lord had me. There were plans, there was purpose, but there was door after door at the end where it was like, okay, I finished my assignment and I can like lay my head down at night knowing I did the, the work there. I did what he called me to do there and he's calling me somewhere else. And that's, you know, where really I, I made this pivot to you version. So then let me talk a little bit about you version. Long story short, it was light and it was easy. I did not have to push down doors. Yes, were there doors that popped up that needed to be slammed down 100%, but the Lord went before me. And so I'll walk you through that. There was one day where I, I called my husband, Will, and I'm like, Will, I was on maternity leave. I Remy was six weeks old. I had just been diagnosed with postpartum depression. I found out that week that I didn't get the promotion that was going to get me out of this really toxic situation at work. And a peer of mine who actually had texted me and asking for interview advice later told me that, you know, she got the job over me, which was just at the time it felt like backstab. It felt just like my life, my world was ending. Like I'm on maternity leave. I have no way to fight for the career that I had given five years of my life to at this one company. And so anyways, that was heartbreaking. But I remember calling my husband, Will, and I'm like, look, the Lord's telling me it's time to step away from this role. So when I'm at two weeks, I'm, you know, two weeks of my maternity leave, I'm going to put in my notice. And we were both kind of freaking out, like, okay, what are we going to do? But he was like, hope oh, Lord will provide. And so I started praying to God. I'm like, you placed me here. You put all these circumstances in my life, just like he did for you, Erica, and the listener today. Like, he put you here. And I'm like, Lord, send someone to find me just like you sent Samuel to find David. Like I'm out here tending my sheep. I'm doing what you call me to do. I'm trying to steward everything you've given me, all these hats that feel crazy right now, but send someone to find me. No joke. Check my email. Someone from Version that I had connected with three years prior reached out and was coming to Rogers, Arkansas, where I live. So first of all, it was like, okay, Literally, you know, if you're specific in your prayers, sometimes the Lord is very specific in how he responds. And so we met up and, you know, the conversation started with, we don't do remotes, like you cannot work remote. So that was a, a door that popped up in the middle of the interview process. And literally you virgin was like, you know what, we're going to let the Lord work out this detail. 
that door was slammed or like not slammed shut. It was knocked open. And so the difference in these two things, like you're saying is one feels really hard and heavy. And it's like, the more you go, the harder the brick wall that you hit. And it's like, okay, this is clearly the assignment's over. It's not a dead end. The assignment's over and he's leading you somewhere else. But then there's the flip side where you do, you're going to experience hurdles. Like we're in this earth and that's just what's going to happen. But when the Lord comes and you still have momentum pushing you forward, even when it doesn't make sense and he works out the details, when you give him your yes, that's when you can know like, I might be stuck, but he is still working. Like, let's just keep, you know, you can rest in the pauses. Like you're saying, just like right now, I have a huge need of people who want these books. I don't have the donations and that feels stressful and I feel stuck and I want to spin my wills, but he's, he has to touch hearts to donate. He has to do his work and I can pause knowing I'm doing what he's asking me as the time pops up, but you know, I'm going to wait for him kind of for the next step. So I hope, I hope that answers, but I think it's the, the flip is either it's hard and heavy and you're hitting a brick wall or it's still hard, but for some reason, these things that people say are impossible are working out and the Lord is making it light and easy, even though, you know, you're experiencing hurdles and experiencing, um, things that would, the world would say would stop you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So speaking of like corporate life and all that jazz in the book, you talk about a job at a tech company. I think it was right. That turned out to be like, basically not what you signed up for. So you thought you'd be like managing and serving these executives. And it turns out to basically be like a glorified call center position. Yes. And, but this is what I thought was like really the kicker. So like, not only that, but in doing the call run through test with your boss, you were one of what? One of 75 ish to yes. fail the test. Yes. So, I, I'm sure I don't need to ask like how you felt because I'm guessing, you know, not good, especially since you were already <laughs> feeling frustrated and a bit bamboozled that like this yeah. job position in the first place, yeah. you're like, this is not what I signed up yeah. for. But I think what you did not mention in the chapter that I want to know now is like, what did you do with that after? And what do you think God was doing with you through that? Because oh the my fact God. that like, because yeah. right off the bat, you're like, first off, didn't sign up for this. So like, hello, I've been tricked. And then on top yeah. of that, now you're like feeling humiliated in the process. And you're like, I don't even want to be here. Why am I the only person failing here? <laughs> like, I know. I didn't even sign up for this. No, I'm actually cracking up because me and my good friend that she got this job too. We met obviously in DC and we were literally just rolling the other day on the phone, cracking up about this. So this was one of those moments where I literally like, I mean, I just got married. Will and I literally the night before had traveled all the way, like over a few days from Arkansas to Washington, DC, slept on an air mattress. Will was unloading our pod while I was at work because he started a week later and he was literally moving everything for up to the seventh floor of our high rise apartment. And I, I'll never forget. I'm like, I can't quit. Like, this is not an internship. I am married. I am supposed to be adulting. This is my first job. What is going on? And so I, I failed because I was one, like, I was not confident, right? I was not, I did not know why I was in this job, what was going on. I was really doubting my purpose in this role. And everyone, when they made you do the call, Erica, they made you do it out in the open where everyone was listening. So you take this call and then there's one of your bosses is on the phone. Everyone's listening to you. And it was just super embarrassing. Like 
oh my gosh, it was, it's like, you couldn't even think about the call because everyone's watching. You're just like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in like this glass box and just, or, or a fish tank, you know, and everyone's just watching me. Um, so anyways, I felt that. And I remember going home that week and telling my husband, like I failed, like, I don't know what, I, I can't lose my job. And so I feel like the Lord in that moment taught me just the importance of working hard and trying to show up, even though you have no understanding of why he's placed you there. So I instead had to, once again, I felt stuck and I had to pivot here. I was like, okay, this game plan's not working. Just winging it is not going to work here. I'm going to have to figure this out. And so I started identifying tactics for how I was going to um, climb. Well, there was a dashboard. So you could literally see how everyone was doing all day long. So you could see how many calls they had made, how many emails they had made, how many voicemails. And then those were the inputs and then the output of it. So like how many executives signed up for your event? So, I mean, not only is it a fish tank when I failed the thing, everyone at any given point can refresh and see how you're performing. So I went, no joke. And this is not like a brag on me. This is like hard work, whatever, and doing things that not everyone's willing to do, right? I would start coming in at 6 a.m. because executives would answer the phone early in the morning. And then I would send them an email and I figured out a way. And my friend actually started doing this too. We came, came in together. That's how we were cracking up. And so I just felt like the Lord, anyways, I ended up being at the top of the, the um, I went from failing to being the top of my class to getting the first promotion out of it. But I feel like the Lord was just showing me if you really steward what's in front of you and show up for what's in front of you, you don't have to be insane like me and show up at 6am. But if you just put in the work, like I see that, I, you know, and I don't find it a coincidence either that God, you know, gave Jesus the job of being a carpenter. Like, that is hard work. And sometimes he does call us to that in that season. And so, um, yeah, I, I ended up finding what he was doing there. I ended up finding purpose in it, but I felt like he was just teaching me, keep pushing forward. You're going to have resistance in life and it's not the end of the world when you face it, but it was really hard to face that in my first job. <laughs> too because you figured it out like yeah. there's it, it it also really just strips our pride away and I feel like sometimes we just need that sometimes we just need someone to yeah. like laugh in our face and be like you suck yeah and now <laughs> and like and hilarious. then you can kind of take it and be like you know what like yeah. I'm not good at everything I do need to work at some things like and then you kind of have the decision of all right is this is this where is this something that I should put in the time and the effort and yeah. get better at it or is this something where I'm just like you know what this is not my calling and this is somebody else's so I will just kindly step away and not force it yeah 100% but in that moment I'm like okay this is my job I am married we have an apartment that's 500 square feet and is $2,200 a month like yep. I have no out I've just got to figure this out and God has a plan but this feels <laughs> terrible every day Every oh, time I put that sure. headset on, I'm like, oh, why? <laughs> Did you take the headset as a souvenir when you left the company? I should have. <laughs> I think this is what I went I through. Like, good riddance. Get me out of here. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. I think for me, at least, I think one of the yep. most important lessons that I have learned in my life so far is that uh -huh. God wastes nothing. Like, yes, truly. Can he doesn't waste the weight? I know you talk about this a lot in your book, and neither should we, which I mean is way easier said than done sometimes. So, what at least helps you the most when you are kind of in those moments in the waiting room 
and you're looking for God to call your name and you're sitting there and you're like, all right, I know I'm waiting right now. And I see this thing on the other side. I have faith that I'll get there, but, or maybe you don't know if you'll get there. Like there's, there's heavy stuff in our life today where so many women are going through and you look at it and you're like, all right, I'm waiting, but like, don't really know if it's going to happen or not. And struggling. What, what do you think kind of helps, helps you the most when you are like, in that waiting period and you're not trying to waste it, but it is hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The the three years that I felt stuck and confused at the end of my corporate career was so hard. And I felt like one thing that kept me going was knowing one, that God was preparing me. If he hadn't called me and promoted me to what was next yet, he was preparing me in that assignment. And I really, Erica, I know this sounds crazy, but I tried to just start like viewing it as an assignment. Like this is a test. I am learning. I'm going to be like a sponge and as sucky as this is, I'm going to try to soak up all of the hard that, that comes about. And so I think when you start viewing it as, okay, this is prep work. I, I think one, like a lesson that I think about. So one time I trained quote unquote for this half marathon and I didn't train. I say quote because I didn't do it. And I literally, Erica, my body, I was studying abroad in Switzerland. I literally, my body saw the finish line. You Like I saw a video. My mom's like, never show me this video again. And I saw my, my, my body saw the finish line and I passed out and I woke up like unconscious, didn't even know what had happened, but it was almost like I shortcutted the training. I didn't show up. I took shortcuts and I was not able to finish the race. And I don't want to be in heaven one day and be like, I did not finish my race because I was so focused on wanting to be comfortable that I took a shortcut through the process. And I I'll never forget either in high school, I played soccer and we would be running the laps around the soccer field to condition our bodies for, you know, these long soccer games. And one of my friends, she was really, really talented and she would always shortcut where she would just basically be one lap less than she was supposed to be at the end. And she was so talented and her talent would carry her a certain weight, but had she actually conditioned, she would have been like phenomenal, but she didn't put in the work. And so her, her talent could only take her so far. And I think that's true today. Like we have these gifts and these skills that God's given us, but if we don't do the prep work, that can only carry us so far. And so I even see in you know my job today, I look back at my corporate career of being in finance, leading teams that created purchase orders, rolling out software globally. If I had not had each of those, what seemed you know random in that, in that career, when I had stepped into YouVersion, I wouldn't have been ready because I am now literally using something from each of those roles to do what I'm doing today. And I think even when you can't see it, just remember that, what seems random is really God's intentionality. And so I really focus on one, the prep work. Don't take shortcuts because you just are going to shortcut yourself from the goodness that God has for you. And two, just, you know, if you just focus on the random is intentionality, you can really lean into it a little bit differently. Like, okay, I don't know what this is for, but I'm going to lean in because I know God would not ever put me somewhere that doesn't have a purpose. Yes. And what's so good about that too, is I feel like that also applies to those really, really hard, difficult moments where we're just like, why God? Yes. Like, why me? You have no answer. Why this thing? Right. Oh my gosh, like, yes. Because that's one of those things where then you're just kind of like, well, A, why not me? Because obviously we live in a broken world. So we're not everything that happens to us or is necessarily for us from God. Like, he's not like, Ooh, you get cancer for like, something's just, you know, it's a broken world. So bad things are going to happen. Yep. 
Yeah. But then it's also one of those things that when we're thinking, okay, why, why me, why this, whatever. It's like, if you can look at it, like what you just said, where this is, this is going to prepare you for something in the future, or even like what you just said, um, that if it's not necessarily preparing you for something immediate that you know it might be preparing you for something down the road or you'll use something from it and you don't necessarily know because it's not on us to know that it's God's intentionality at work it's his reason for things and if we believe the truth that's in Romans 8 28 that it all works together for good it's not, I always try to like comfort myself in those hard moments where I'm like, sometimes it's not all about us. Like sometimes it's not even necessarily for your immediate good where you are going to see, okay, you went through this hard thing. So now here's this blessing. It's not like it's this one-to-one ratio. It's like, sometimes you might go through this hard thing because a couple years from now, you're going to help the next girl go through that same hard thing. And it's like, that might be the good that comes from it yeah. because now you're able to link arms with her and help her on her road that you had a hard time getting through the first go around. Does that make sense? I'm no, like, that's I so look, good. I and look I think, at that and I'm just like, wow, God, like that's cool. Yeah, no, and I do, I do find this so fascinating too, because the other day I was thinking, you know, sometimes God, he always provides for what you need, but sometimes he provides with another person. And yeah. I found that so true in this journey now where my, like my friend Sarah, I could go on and on about her, but she was starting this business and just reached out and was like, hope I, God has given me this gift of social media. I'm, I want to come alongside you and help you for free. Anyways, that's a whole nother story. But I think when you say something good, you know, coming to an end or something bad happening, I think about, you know, I lost a little brother when I was younger. And I talk about that in the book and I don't understand why we had to lose him and why he didn't have, you know, a very long earthly life. I, I don't understand that, but today I'm able to relate and understand when someone's going through a loss and I wouldn't have that. And so that's the good I have to glean from the situation. And I also have the hope, right. That I'm going to see him at when I step into heaven someday. And so I think Things are not going to be perfect here and bad things are going to happen, but God will always, to your point with Romans 8, 28, use it for his good and his glory, even when it's the most horrible situation you can ever imagine or fathom. Yeah. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? I do. I really do. I think that God always has a plan. I think that, you know, before we were even born, he knew everything that was going to happen every single day of our lives. And even the bad stuff that's happening, he knew. And since he's already won, like all of the bad he can use for his good. And I've seen over and over again, you know, like just other bad things that have happened in my life, like experiencing, you know, like eating disorder, like being able to, you know, relate to people and work through that the loss of my brother, like I just talked about, um, even having like postpartum depression right now, I'm able to relate and everything. I feel like, you know, I think about the verse, um, where Paul's talking about in our weakness, like that's when he's strong and that's when we're strong because we partner with him. And I've just seen over and over and over again. And, you know, my ministry, which is the same as your ministry, just doing everyday life. When you boast about the weakness, it, it just points all the glory and the goodness to God. And that may seem crazy, but I have just seen so much good come from the bad in my life when I give him the glory and, and try to glean his goodness from it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I've always thought that. And I think I've been, I've been challenged. Like I've always thought everything happens for a reason. And I've been yeah. challenged on it as an adult when we do see so much 
bad stuff happen and we see so much brokenness in the world or we see so many bad things be experienced and we're like wait but there can't possibly be a reason for this and then sometimes I think like well some things if they're really bad on this side of heaven there might not be a reason because like we said God's not sitting there like with a magic wand going you get a really bad hand of cards and you get a good hand of cards like it's that's just not how it works but I think it's up to us to figure out if we want to use the mess that is around us and turn it into a message oh, and, turn it so in, and like let God's message yeah. come through, through us with that. Because it's like, we still have free will and we still have choices where it's like, when we've been through shit for lack of a better word, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah we exactly. kind of, there's no other like, word for it. <laughs> right. Like sometimes that just is what it is. And it's kind of on us if we want to pick up the shovel and, yeah get it and move it somewhere no, or like if so good if we want somebody else to if we want to say hey can you help me can you grab a shovel too and like help me see through this and like yeah. figure this all out you know like it's 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 I, I feel sensitive around it because I don't want it to at all feel insensitive to people who are going through something in that position where they're like wait no, I can't no, yeah. I can't see there's no there's no reason for this there's no purpose for this I just want it to be encouraging that like even if you can't see it feel it and it's like the worst possible thing you have personally been through up to this point in your life don't write it off as being for nothing and don't write it off as not having fruit or not having potential because it the lowest point might just be the point where you've hit rock bottom now God's going to plant a seed somewhere and then it might take a couple of years but you will see something grow from it if you allow it to grow Yeah, that is so good. And I mean, I'm sitting here on the other side of a three year journey explaining like what you're saying. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, my career was making me feel so stuck and confused. And I'm like, why? Like this, this is what I've poured all my energy into. I've done everything. Like I've put in all the work. What, what, why? And I'm sitting here on the other side, knowing that, you know, when you, when you lean on him, he does show up in his timing and it's not always at the timeline that we want or we expected. And yeah, had I had already had you version worked out before maternity leave, that would have been amazing. Cause I would not have been stressing all maternity leave, but he is so good. And he has something for you. Like, you know, Eric is saying, don't write it off. He has something for you that is going to blow your mind. And his ways are higher than our ways. We don't always understand them. Do I understand every crappy thing that's happened in my life? No, but I do know that he is using it for his good and his glory. And he wants to use the same, do the same for you. And there's not a single need that he does not provide for. And if it's not happening today, maybe you really don't need it today. And that is a hard thing to have to sit in sometimes, but he's really taught me that, that he will give you everything you need in exactly when you need it because you're his child and he loves you and cares for you so much that he sent his son to die for you so he could spend life with you forever. And that life starts now. Yeah. I think it also always just kind of helps me to remember that the, a truth is that God is good and his goodness is not conditional or dependent on any sort of earthly blessing that we are seeing being thrown out to us or anybody else because I think it's so easy to like we go we get on social media and we see people who are they just bought their gorgeous mansion or like they just (laughs) had their their fifth baby and whatever and everything is oh god is so good like god has blessed me whatever and we can almost it's like you see that and and you're sitting there waiting for what you think are your dreams to come true and you're like wait but god like 
can I have a blessing too? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, and you see me like, over oh. here in Arkansas, <laughs> right? And it's like, or or you're on the flip side, you're going, you're hurting, and like you're going through really hard stuff, and you it can be so confusing because you're like, wait, what what is what is this goodness? Like, what does this look like, and what is this going to look like in my life? And we just have to have that reminder of like. God in his character and in his nature is a good God. So even if you are in your worst position, feeling really bad, you can have assurance and confidence in the fact that that's not, God is not bad. Like that is not in his character. So something good will come. And he's, yeah, that's just kind of like, I just always go back to that. Anytime I'm in like a really rough spot where I'm just like, you know what? It's just, he is, he is goodness. So it's like, there's not, it's not going to come in the form of, you know, earthly anything. It's going to come in something that is good for me at its core. Or like, I don't, I don't, if that, if that makes no, sense, that like makes it's not so necessarily, it's not just going to feel good. Like it's going yes. to be good. And there's, there's a distinct difference between the two that they get, the line gets blurred a lot. Yeah. No, it <laughs> but, does. No, I 100% agree. And I think too, and maybe even like for me, you know, stepping into this new job, I gave up a significant pay cut. Like that didn't necessarily feel good. I was really scared. I mean, it was over six figures that I gave up. And I was like, man, is this the right thing? And, you know, now I've stepped in on the other side and there's this joy in this fullness that I can't even explain to you, Erica. And I have less, but because of him, I I feel like I have so much more, if that makes sense. And it's just, you know, the way his kingdom works is upside down from what the world works. And it's so hard sometimes in those moments to think, okay, like from a worldly perspective, taking that pay cut seemed insane. Like people are like, hope you're crazy. You've worked for this title. You've worked for this salary. What are you doing? And, you know, stepping into it, being a little bit scared, he has shown me like, I have so much more because I'm so much more filled up. And he provides in ways that like you're saying, you can't explain. And um, yeah, I'm with you. But it's hard from being in the world, having one lens, but having to kind of flip your view and, and step into things and just trust and kind of take that leap of faith um, that doesn't always feel great, but he always is there to catch us even, you know, in the craziest situations. Yeah. Yeah. Practically speaking, if a girlfriend listening now is sitting there and she's like, cool, Hope and Erica, like, I hear you. I get it. I'm with you. But I still feel stuck right now. I don't really know how to get unstuck. I'm not comfortable. And I'm like, not really sure how I vibe with all of this. What would be kind of like your step one, step two, step three? for her today that can kind of help her wiggle in the mud a little bit. Yeah, I know this is good. I would say the one thing that helped me in this moment when I felt this way and I just didn't know what to do. I didn't think there was an end. I was not buying my mentor saying you're not stuck. I was like, whatever, like I am stuck. I want to quit this job. I wish I didn't have bills to pay. I want to give this up. Or when I found I had postpartum depression, I'm like, really God, like, this is what, you know, I'm at a recovery that I wasn't cleared for anything for 16 weeks. I was just like, really? Like I have this baby, but this is how I'm going to be, you know, seriously. Um, I think the one thing that really helps me is I write down a very raw prayer of everything I'm feeling like, God, I am frustrated. Like, I feel like you have, you know, shortcutted me. I feel like you've not given me I'm like what I need. I've I'm questioning your goodness. Like I will literally be so open because he already knows that. Trust me. Like he already knows that you have those feelings. And then, um, 
I just hand it to him. I'm like, I'm giving this to you. Like, this is where I'm at. I know you'll meet me where I am. And so that's really step one. Like I would just get really honest with God. And I always just write it down. Cause for me, like tangibly, practically writing something helps me mentally. Like I, I just love it. For, I mean, I am a writer, but yes, I love it. And I think there's a lot of like scientific pieces that support writing and journaling. Then the second thing that I do is I read the word like, and there's days that that's hard, but I found when I was in the middle of this, being reminded of God's goodness and what he says, like there's not, we're not going to understand everything in life, but he did give us his word and he is very crystal clear on our purpose and how he views us and our identity that's found in him. And so I, when I feel this way, I go back and read about like what he says about me as his child, like what is my identity? And I, I try to anchor to that as much as possible. And then the third thing is I just try to show up where I'm at. Like it is an assignment. Like I'm in a test. I'm getting, you know, my number two pencil. I've got my scantron and I'm showing up. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't necessarily ask to be quizzed on this, nor do it, does it really feel comfortable, but I have found that the hard things are worth it. And there's something worthwhile and almost the harder that you feel attacked, like the greater the purpose y'all, like the enemy knows what he is up against. He knows the plans and purpose for your life and he's going to try to stop them. And, you know, I, I look back and there were so many times I wanted to give up on this book. Like I didn't want to keep writing, but I wrote it because of you. And I wrote it because I knew that this, this message needed to get out. And that one of the greatest schemes is feeling stuck and confused because that stops us from showing up. And so I'm now seeing on the other side of this, you know, the, the one little target audience that I had, the Lord is expanding to prisoners, to women that are sex trafficking. And I just know that the assignment that you're wanting to throw in the towel on right now, the same is true for you. That he, he promises abundantly more and his ways are so much higher. And on the other side of this, because I couldn't see it y'all when I was writing this book, like I literally at one point wanted to be like, I'm going to give the publisher back the money. I'm done. I've got a full-time job. Why am I even doing this? You know, but I didn't um, obviously, but I would just say, keep pressing in and just every day, even if you have to just show up and be like, okay, Lord, I'm showing up again, like, what are you doing? You know, help me lean into this. That that's actually fine. Like that's actually fine. If you're to that point of exhaustion where you have to pray a frustrating prayer, read one verse and then show up on, on assignment. I think you'll start to notice a little bit of a, your heart posture will pivot, even though your circumstances may not change. And I'm not going to promise that they're going to change because mine didn't for three years. Isn't there a saying on this too? I'm going to probably butcher it but I've heard it so many times and I love it so much where it's like, if your circumstances aren't changing, God is using your circumstances to change you. Yes. That actually, is, I think that, it. I think that might actually Crush be it. it. I think I should. Crush it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's like how the thing goes where it's like, if some, something's going to be moving, it might, if it's not the thing you think or expect or want to be moving, it's probably you that's supposed to be doing the moving or your yes. heart or your mindset about it. Um, and that's, you know, that's how God works. Yeah. And it's hard to be pruned, you know, like the, there was a yeah. lot of pride in me with the salary I was making and the title that I had, there was a ego behind all of that too. And I feel like it was hard to get that stripped away of like, hope you're, you're not going to be announced in heaven with your title at this corporate job. You're going to be announced in heaven is my good and faithful servant. Like, let's get this straight here. And there was a lot, I mean, a lot of tears, depression, loneliness, 
And I mean, it still continues. He's still working on me and there's still things that are hard and he, you know, we're never going to be brought to completion until we're in heaven. So there's always work to be done. And I just hope wherever you are today that you feel near to God, you know, that he loves you, that he created you. And there's a purpose as long as you have breath in your lungs here on this earth. So keep leaning into the assignment. I know it's hard. I know it's heavy, but he sees you, he hears you and he is working, even though you don't see it. Well, on that note, <laughs> get things wrapped up with something we ask everybody. I'm really stoked to hear what you're going to say to this is what does thrive mean to you? And how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Oh my gosh, I love that. So I think thriving to me is feeling like you found your sweet spot with what you're supposed to be doing in the season. And so um, I guess the way I try to strive to thrive is... Um, Honestly, when things feel hard and heavy, like we've talked about trying to go to God and be like, okay, I'm missing something like, how am I supposed to pivot here and, 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 you know, kind of recalibrate, like we've been talking about to step in to this differently. And so I think striving to thrive is a continuous search and seeking of him and asking him like, okay, God, this isn't working. There's still momentum here. And as long as there's momentum, you're behind this. So how do I, I need to pivot. And I see this even today with pivoting my way with this purposes and pause movement, right? It's like still going through some momentum, but seeking him so that I can step into it and thrive with the um, authority and the power that he's given me that also raised his son from the dead, just with the same power that's in you. I love that. Tell everybody where they can find you online to connect with you more and to, of course, grab a copy of Purpose Doesn't Pause. Yes. Okay. So you can find me on TikTok and on Instagram at Hope Reagan Harris. Reagan is R-E-A-G-A-N. And then you can snag Purpose Doesn't Pause pretty much anywhere books are sold. Uh, but I think Amazon's kind of a, a sweet spot there. <laughs> Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.